Welcome, thanks for joining us. You're about to hear a message from our Wednesday night Solid Rock Youth Group service. Solid Rock is a ministry of Living Word Family Church, and if you'd like to know more, check us out on our website at www.livingwordfamily.org. The message tonight could very well change your life, so I hope you brought notebooks. Everybody's looking at me like you've never heard of bringing a notebook to church before. Here's what I want to do. Here's the next little point. You are more than welcome. Here's the thing. Uh, also, for the seventh graders, for anybody new in here, you are more than welcome to look up Bible verses on your phone, okay? That is a very, very thin path to tread for one reason. It can be very distracting if you get a notification or somebody decides to tag you in a post and you start looking at other stuff. We reserve the right to take devices. We also reserve the right to smash the, I'm just joking, we can't smash your phone. But we will take it away from you if it becomes a distraction. You are welcome to look at it for Bible verses, and you can even take notes on it. Johnny's a prime example. He shows me his notes from service all the time, and Johnny, I appreciate that. I love you. But if, if you're doing anything else on your phone, and our leaders have eagle eyes, if you're doing anything else on your phone, we will take it away from you. Okay? Here's my suggestion, and I used to preach from my tablet up here. Uh, sometimes it can get kind of cumbersome if it's like power's off or I don't have power and then whatever. Anyway, uh, I started bringing this back up here just because it's just been better for me and I'll bring notes or whatever. Now, I do Bible study at home on my, on my tablet because it's got tons of references and I can keep notes on there and it's just awesome and I love it. Even occasionally as a youth group, we will do YouVersion Bible studies. If you guys don't have the Bible app on your phone or tablet, make sure you get it. It's an extremely great resource. Um, yeah, there you go, the Bible app. Uh, and if you join, if you jump on the Bible app, make sure to friend me. Um, I've done Bible studies with students before. We've done group Bible studies before on Bible app. So uh, make sure to jump in on that. But when you come to church, be ready to take notes and look up verses, okay? We'll have them on the screen. But there's nothing quite like looking up your own verses and getting very, very skilled at doing that. So tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about seasons, seasons of life, all right? Seasons of life. You guys know seasons change, right? Exactly right. See, that's the first mind-blowing thing of the night. Seasons change. They're not made to stay the same. We're not made to have an entire year of winter. Now, there's areas of the world... There's areas of the world that do have winter year-round. What is that landscape like? What is that like? It's kind of, it's treacherous, it's boring. When we live in a climate like we are here, seasons change. You get winter, summer, fall, spring. We get all the seasons that change and nature changes with it. Nature adapts. Our lives go through seasons. Go through seasons of change. Some of those seasons are tough seasons. Some of those seasons are good seasons. Some of those seasons are dry seasons, are boring seasons. And you wonder, what's next? What's coming up? What does God have for me? When am I going to get to the next spot? Maybe some of you going through uh, middle school and maybe high school, you're thinking, I cannot wait to graduate high school and move on to the next thing. Yeah. I can't wait to graduate college and move on to the next thing. I can't wait to get married and move on to the next thing. I can't wait to have kids and move on to the next thing. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. And next thing you know, Man, you've like sped through your entire life and it goes so fast. You know, oh, I can't wait till I'm out of super church and get to solid rock, which I totally get because it's awesome back here and it's very exciting. But this goes super fast. The next thing you know, you're, I can't wait to graduate high school and move on. I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to. We go through seasons and we go through periods of waiting, we go through periods of, of, uh, of change and of growth. I'm going to read you a passage. 
uh, that Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes. I believe it was Solomon that wrote uh, this particular passage here. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 1. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to quiet and a time to, excuse me, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. In every season, turn, turn, turn. There's a song, gosh, back in the 60s. I, don't, I wish I would have looked that up. We could have played it. Uh, there's a song back in that, and I didn't even realize it was based on this verse in Ecclesiastes. kind of interesting. I don't think it was from a Christian group or anything like that. Like It was just something that they did. Uh, but they pretty much quoted this verse, um, and it's fascinating. There's a time for everything. Our lives go through seasons. There's a time for laughing. There's a time for crying. There's a time for being quiet and a time for speaking your mind. There are all these times and all these seasons, all these things that we go through in our lives. And here is the key, is to utilize those times in your life. To utilize, don't keep, don't always look for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Sometimes, many times, very often, we have to be content in the season in which we are currently walking. The season where we are. We have to enjoy that season, and even if that season's a rough season, what can we learn in that season? Okay? Our lives are constantly changing and molding and forming, and there are always things to be learned and always things to be gained. God is constantly doing something in every season of our life, right? Constantly doing something in every season of our life. Maybe we're going through a rough patch in high school or a class or with a group of friends. Maybe there's something you really want to speak up and like tell somebody off about. Well, perhaps that's a time for you to be quiet. That's a time for you to ponder your words carefully. That's a time for you to take a step back and think before you speak. There's a time to embrace and a time to turn away. Maybe there's a time to embrace a certain group of friends or a certain friend and encourage them and then be there for them. And maybe there's a time to turn away from a friend who's leading you down a wrong path. Do you see where I'm coming from? There are decisions that we can make in every season of our lives, decisions that will impact the next season. Decisions that will impact the next season. What happens, what happens if a farmer doesn't take advantage of the spring planting season? Because all he's doing is looking forward to harvest in the fall and selling that crop. What happens if he doesn't take advantage of the perfect spring planting weather? Will he harvest a crop in the fall? Absolutely not. What happens if he plants his seed? What's that, buddy? Well, if there's a plant that you plant in the fall, then yeah, same thing goes, comes to pass. 
What happens if he doesn't take advantage of that planting season? What happens if he plants his seed in the spring under great conditions, but then throughout the growing season, that season of growth, what if he doesn't tend that crop, if he doesn't tend that field and take care of it? Yeah, pests, weeds. In the Bible, we read about thieves that come to steal crops. If that farmer doesn't take care of his crop, what happens in the fall? He doesn't reap a harvest, or he reaps less than he should, or he reaps a lot of weeds and junk along with that harvest. Do you see where I'm coming from? So there's a time to plant, a time to harvest. There's a time to tend that garden, and there's a time to wait. We go through seasons. Our lives go through seasons. And Solomon wrote this. He was in, a, he was in an interesting phase in his life. He was going through a, a period where he was pretty, um, I, don't wanna say, I don't know what I want to say depressed, but pretty down about everything. He, was pretty, he felt like everything was pretty futile. Like, what's the point of this life? What's the point of everything? So God was showing him something in this season of his life. A time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. Some of us have gone through loss, maybe the loss of a family member, of a loved one, of a friend, tragically. There's a time to grieve. There's a time to mourn the loss of somebody that you care deeply about. But there's also a time to dance. There's a time to celebrate with family and friends at a wedding or at a birthday or at a bar mitzvah. Wait a minute, that doesn't work. There's a time to celebrate with friends and family, right? So we go through these seasons in our lives. And sometimes these seasons can overlap. Sometimes these things in our lives will come unexpectedly, right? A farmer who plants the seed and tends the crop can expect a harvest. Seed time and harvest, that's the law that God put into place. A seed produces fruit, a harvest. But there are times when we see a season come to pass that we don't expect, something that we don't plan for, something that we don't see coming that kind of blindsides us. That's why it's important to be prepared in the off-season, to be prepared no matter what comes our way, to be able to stand in faith on the Word of God. We talked about this a little bit last week, the season that we are currently in blindsided us big time. When Ashley passed out at her desk, and I'll probably use this as an example forever because this is our testimony right now. This is what we're going through. This is our season. This blindsided us. We were not prepared for this. We were not prepared to spend three and a half months in a hospital. We're not prepared to, not prepared to miss weeks and weeks and weeks of church and having to rely on people, Zach and Kip and Becky and Jessica and uh, Jake and other youth leaders, other people to pick up the slack where I was totally gone. I was not prepared for that at all, with the exception of one thing, our relationship with Jesus Christ, standing on the Word of God, and building amazing godly relationships with people around us. That's what carries us through, carried us through. Does that make sense? So even though we were blindsided by what happened, we were in a way prepared for it as well. Does that make sense? You wear a seatbelt in your car, not because you expect an accident, but because you want to be prepared in the event that one happens, right? Same principle. 
we were, about, we were on as about as solid ground as we were going to get by having the Word of God beneath our feet and standing on the Word of God, that foundation of faith, and having people around us to carry us and hold us up during that trial. So sometimes seasons can change and things can come up that you don't expect. We need to be ready. This isn't just an Old Testament philosophy. This isn't just something that we read Solomon was going through and, and, and God inspired him to, to put pen to paper and, uh, and write about. We also see it uh, in the New Testament as well, and it's just a fact of life. If you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right after Romans, I believe. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, for those of you who have your Bibles, are there. Maybe I should start giving out random awards for bringing your Bible and notebook. I think that would be good. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then... When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away, now listen to this, this is the key here, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. What is Paul saying here? I'm not going to be a child forever. I'm not going to be a child forever. When I was a child, I thought childish things. I played with childish things. I made childish decisions. But when I grew up, I put those things behind me. I put those things away. It is okay to be childish when you're a child. It is altogether different when you're acting childish as a young adult. Whether that's seventh grade or a senior in high school. If you act if you act like a six-year-old or a seven-year-old when you are a seventh grader, how are people going to treat you? They're going to treat you like a child because that's how you're acting. What is Paul saying here? Paul is saying, man, when I was a child, yes, I acted like a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. And it was time, time to put on my big boy pants. It's time for you guys to put on your big boy and big girl pants. It's time for you to put away childish things, okay? And this is in no way, this is in no way regards to any of our children's ministry classes or anything, because, man, everything serves a purpose in its season, children's ministry included, kindergarten on up. Every class serves a purpose. Every lesson serves a purpose because we see just as in the Word of God, we see it all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is progressive revelation, which means God will open up your eyes to new things as you understand the things that he has given you before. Does that make sense? Okay? So in math, you can't understand multiplication until you've learned addition. You can't understand multiplication right out of the box. There's steps you have to take to get there. There are lessons that need to be learned as you work your way up to more complex mathematical problems. Okay? 
there are things that you have to learn in English before you can develop stories, before you can learn to read and appreciate and understand larger books, right? I'm not saying it's impossible. There's probably like crazy situations out there where there's a kindergartner reading War and Peace or something crazy like that. But you don't start that way, typically. You start in lower levels and you work your way up. Paul is saying the same thing. I started out as a child. I did childish things. But man, as I grew up, I put those things away. I put those things behind me and it's time to grow up. So I have, this is, this is the message for you tonight. As you go through seasons in your life, as you go through changes, as you go through things that come, come across your path, it's time to grow up. It's time to stand firm on the Word of God. And to do that, you have to have the Word of God on the inside of your heart. You have to have it in your spirit. How do we do that? By reading it. By studying it. By praying. By worshiping God. By spending time with our church family in our small groups, digging into the message, asking questions, getting answers. There were times when I was, uh, when I was in youth group and when Pastor Scott was mentoring me, when I, I didn't know, obviously, I didn't know all of it. I didn't even come to Christ until I was like a junior, actually a senior. The summer before my senior year is when I got saved. I had a whole lot of catching up to do as far as, you know, uh, uh, being a child of faith, being a child of God. I had no clue. I had so much to learn, and I was trying to learn as much as I could, as fast as I could, as fast as Pastor Scott would answer my questions, and as fast as I could learn things in youth group and Sunday mornings under, uh, under Pastor Larry's teaching and reading books and going to conferences or whatever the case is as I was growing up and going through college. Um, did whatever I could to learn and grow. And if I had questions or if friends asked me questions that I couldn't answer, you better believe I was going to somebody, usually Pastor Scott, better believe I was going to somebody to get those answers. Okay? Because I like being able to have conversations with people and know what I'm talking about. So if somebody asks me a question about my faith that I can't answer, the next time I talk to them, I will have an answer for them, okay? We put away childish things, and we get in, dig into the deeper things as we grow in our faith and as we grow in our relationship with God. Do you guys understand where I'm coming from? Yeah? So are you guys all ready to put on your big boy and big girl pants and step into a deeper relationship with God? Yeah? This isn't? Like I said, there's nothing against children's classes or anything like that, but this isn't children's class. I'm not going to have you come up here with a memory verse every Wednesday night. I've had people suggest it, but I'm not going to do that. Why? Because I expect you guys to be mature, to have your own quiet time, your own study time, your own prayer time. So I'm not going to come in here and have you have a memory verse for me. We don't do that in main service. We don't have adults come up and give memory verses. Why do we do that for children? Because it helps to build in them a habit of reading right? And if you're anything like my family, uh, when we do it, sometimes it's last minute anyway. Life is just hectic and nuts sometimes. But that's one of the reasons that we do it. That's the goal behind it, is to develop a habit of reading your Bible and getting into your Bible and getting into the Word of God, right? So at this point in your lives, as 7th grade through 12th graders, that should be a habit that we have either developed, and if you've never done that, don't be like, oh my gosh, I'm so far behind. I didn't either. Like I said, I was a senior in high school before I really got into church and really got into my relationship with God and started to develop a quiet time, started to develop a time of reading my Bible. And I'm still to this day not perfect, and I will never, ever tell you that I am. Right? Because I've done Bible studies with students before where I've gotten several days behind or a week behind or whatever, you know, and current, current stuff notwithstanding. Even before all of this went down and happened with Ashley with our family, 
even before that sometimes it's just hard to keep up and that's just life that's just the way it is but the point is making an attempt to do it and getting into God's word and trying to develop those habits okay Riley do you have that habit spending time in God's word why not time to get your big boy pants on time to stand in faith time to develop that relationship it's time to step into the new season of your life and the new season of your life you want to have God with you you want to be walking with God you want to have that relationship because without that relationship you literally have zero guarantees in life literally zero guarantees in life we will go through seasons we will go through ebbs and flows we will go through ups and downs <clears throat> we'll go through laughter and tears we will go through celebrations and sadness we're going to go through all kinds of stuff throughout the seasons of our lives but the only thing the only thing that will hold us steady from season a to season b from childhood to our graves the only thing is a relationship with jesus christ that is the only thing that we can put our firm faith in that we can rely on because that doesn't change the word of god does not change god himself is completely unchanging and truthful so no matter what season we're in that's what we can rely on no matter what's going on in our lives that is the anchor we hold on to that is the rock that we stand upon the sure firm foundation of the word of god and our relationship with jesus christ who gives us that relationship with god with god the father who brings us into the family of god into the kingdom of god that's what we need and in order to do that we have to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That is crucial. Because nothing, and nothing else that we talked about tonight is going to matter until you make that a reality in your life, until you accept Jesus Christ, the salvation that he paid such a high price for on the cross. He bled and died for us to take away our sins, to pay the price for our sins, a penalty that we could never pay. That's what he did for us. You know, Jesus, Jesus went through seasons as well. Do you know that? We can go through seasons because Jesus went through seasons. We can go through trials in our lives and come out the other side because God himself put his son through those trials for us. Jesus had to learn and grow under the, the, the leadership of his mother and father and of his community. Jesus had to come up he may have been sinless, and that is true, so we can never really know personally <laughs> how he grew up because he was sinless and we're not, right? But he had to learn. He had to grow. There's a time to, to mourn. He had to mourn the loss of friends like Lazarus. And if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know that I have hard facts for this, but I've heard so many people talk about it because his father's not mentioned later on in the New Testament, very likely the loss of his father. Uh, don't quote me on that, like I said, but I've heard many people talk about that simply because of the lack of, of any mention of his father, but we see his mom mentioned several times uh, in the Gospels. Maybe the loss of his father. I mean, so Jesus went through seasons as well. He went th through seasons of trial and temptation. He went through seasons of, of, of frustration with some of, his, some of his friends, okay, with some of the leaders in his community. We see all of that. So we know that we, he, he will bring us through these seasons in our lives and these ups and downs when we rely on him, when we, we lean on him, and we have a relationship with him. Worship team, you guys can head on up.
So here's what I want tonight. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I'm going to tell you real quick, making Jesus the Lord of your life gives him control of your life, allows him to call the shots in your life. Stand up with me. It allows Jesus to call the shots in your life. And when you do that, when you truly do that and you give him control, he will walk you through the seasons, good or bad, ups or downs, the times when you're having fun and you're, having, you're loving life, and the times when you wish your life could be over. Jesus will walk through those times with you when you have a relationship with him. And that starts by accepting the free gift of salvation that he paid such a high price for so that he could bring you into that relationship. Because you see, there was something separating us from God, and that something is sin. Sin is eternal separation from God. God cannot be in the presence of sin because God is pure righteousness, pure glory, truth, honor. And sin cannot be in God. Actually, I should put it this way. Sin cannot be in God's presence. Sin cannot be in God's presence. When we accept the free gift of Jesus Christ, God literally says, I wash you clean. You are no longer stained by sin, but everything that you ever did wrong, I throw into the sea of forgetfulness. It's done because Jesus paid for it. Jesus paid the price. And if you have never prayed that prayer of salvation, which is very simple, it's a matter of confessing your sins, believing that Jesus Christ died for those sins, and rose again to new life for you. When you receive that and make him the Lord of your life, you, the Bible says you are a new creation. A new creation. That means that the seasons that you go through from here on out, you'll be doing it as a new person in Christ Jesus. With a relationship with the very creator of the universe who's got your back, no matter what season you're in. So as we worship tonight, if you have never prayed that prayer, I want you to come up here and I want to lead you in that prayer. If you prayed that prayer, maybe when you were younger, but you're like, you know what, Matt, something you said tonight really tripped something up in me, and I want to recommit my life to Jesus Christ because I feel like I've just neglected that relationship. I feel like I've neglected it. Are you getting re-saved? No. You're simply making a recommitment to the salvation that you already have in your heart. You're simply making a recommitment to commit your life to Jesus Christ to make him your, to truly make him the Lord of your life and let him call the shots. Let him steer the course. Let him speak to you. So if you've ever prayed that prayer, but you've walked away or you've let it slide and you say, you know what, I'm going to come up and recommit. I want you to come up here as well, but let me know why you're up here, okay? Whether you've never prayed that prayer before and you are ready to give your heart to Jesus for the first time tonight, are you are simply ready to make a recommitment, recommitting yourself to the life with Christ, to your life with Christ. I want you to come up here tonight. As the worship team leads us in worship, for those of you who don't need to come up, if your life's rocking and rolling with Jesus, that's awesome. Ought to see hands raised and mouths moving to worship the God who gave you life, the God who loves you unconditionally. So let's worship together tonight. And if either of those, uh, either of those invitations were for you, I want you to come up and I'm going to pray with you. Let's worship together.